Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Is there some big brand... Ladies and gentlemen, it's an interview with Jeff Hoover. Who the hell is that? This is this is WGN Television Nine, Channel Nine, Channel Nine, Chicago, Chicago, coming to you from atop the John Hancock Building. From WGN TV in Chicago, welcome to the world's greatest newspaper television podcast. I'm Brian Say, and I'm Ross McBee. If you're a first time listener, you can catch all the episodes of this amazing podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, so subscribe, download, listen, and repeat. That's right. On today's episode, he wears many hats. He's a writer, a producer, and a performer, and he books a lot of your favorite guests on the WGM Morning News. And hey, guess what? He can dance. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Hoover! All right, settle down. Come on, I don't do all those things. Hey, uh, first question. Can you tell us a joke? You always have the best jokes. Oh, Mm -hmm. I just posted one. It's not a good joke. It's probably a Brad the Robot type joke. Uh So, you know... If you like Brad the Robot, you might like this little ditty. Let's hear it. All right. If my Facebook would open up, because I don't recall it off the top of my head. (laughs) Come on. Because all the ones I recall are really bad. Oh. But this one was actually a little clever, and I'm a little disappointed at the moment, because you called me out to tell a joke, (laughs) and it's just not coming out of my mouth. No. It's not on my Facebook, which I posted this. I only got 10 likes on it, (laughs) and it's still not loading, but I think it's about a doctor going, no, can we start over? so stupid i can't remember this joke that's fine we'll come back around to it no no i don't want to i really want to start over because i don't or i would like that edited out because i i have jokes um if you could speak into the microphone okay Think, okay tell, i'll tell you a joke yeah it's gonna be a long joke though it's fine, it's fine. let's go okay you ever hear the joke about the largemouth frog no no largemouth frog he's on a farm and largemouth frog is hopping around, and he comes across the cow. And he says, hey, I'm a widemouth frog. What do you do? And he says, well, I'm a cow. Oh, wait a minute. This joke's not, <laughs> not going to work. It's a physical. <laughs> I just realized it's a physical. I'm telling like, I might as well be doing rope tricks on this podcast. Uh, Dean Richards told us not to have... <clears throat> Aerial gymnasts on radio. Yeah, that's bad for radio. Yeah, yeah. and so it sounds like you're doing, you're fake, making the same mistake. I am, I am. I'm a total mistake, as my parents will. Let's move on, yes, shall we? Let's move on. It's okay. Okay. I, 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 I crapped the bed early on this one. No, 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 no. You didn't. This is a no. snip, snip. Give me a vasectomy. That. <laughs> The fact that I can't pull a joke. The only joke I have in my head uh-huh. is one my wife loves, but it's stupid as hell. Let's hear Tell it. it. What's Mary short for? She's got little legs. <laughs> Why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> Nailed it. At least what she did got the tractor a joke? say when his tractor went over the hill? There goes my tractor. 
I mean, these are the jokes. <laughs> Why is there always <laughs> extra? Well, never mind. I'm not going to keep going with this riff. Okay. But my we wife, have real questions. Right, no, that was great. Honey, I love you, and those jokes suck. Okay. All right. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, you grew up in uh, Michigan. Oh, yes, I did. And I you went to business in, uh, school. Oh, yes. At Western Michigan University. Knowing you and what you do now, that doesn't seem like it fits. What's the story there? Well, it's kind of a long story, but I'll make it short. Uh, I was voted most likely to succeed and most dramatic in high school, at St. Joe High School. And um, my, uh, I didn't have a lot of uh, dreams or aspirations at the time. You know, and uh, but I had to go to college. I mean, I got a f- full ride, so I um, looked at schools, and there was Western Michigan University. I was kind of a I'm kind of a homebody. I love my hometown. I love my family that's still there. So there was a college 45 minutes away, Western Michigan University, and I was told they're known for their business school. Okay, so I enrolled in that. Uh, marketing degree, advertising. I'd seen that movie Nothing in Common with Tom Hanks. And I thought, wow, that's fun. They work in an ad agency and you throw pencils up at the ceiling all day. I could do that. That's for me. The day after I graduated, I had a line on a job with an alumni who had an advertising agency in Buffalo, New York. Took my dad's truck, drove to Buffalo, New York. I thought it was going to be a sure thing. He opened up my portfolio. And he's like, oh, this is is all right. Yeah, I've seen that before. Um, and he closed it halfway through the thing, and he said, why don't you go back home and uh, come up with some more advertising campaigns that, for products that maybe exist or don't exist. And, 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 and when you're ready, you could, you could come back to uh, Buffalo. So what the hell am I going to do now? I'm living in my parents' basement. Um, I got hired by a local radio station as a salesperson. I'm the most honest person <laughs> So I would actually tell people not to buy advertising. Like, it's not going to help your hypnosis center. What is your budget, $100? Well, I, I'm not going to take your $100 from me, which I could easily do by running one ad on a Sunday at 2 in the morning. I, I don't want to crush you. Right. I don't want to crush your business. So, But what did happen there was other sales guys who did make money and did have good accounts They'd lean on me and go, hey, you're pretty funny with the voices, and uh, can you help me come up with a campaign for this auto parts store or this restaurant? And that's how I got my jollies. I start doing, I start coming up with ideas and writing, helping them write scripts and doing voices. And then from there, I'm still living in my parents' basement. Here I am most likely to succeed, right? Right. Living in my parents' basement. So one day my mom got... Uh, I skipped my whole college thing, but this, this I think, is kind of been interesting to hear. Uh, one day when I'm living uh, in my parents' basement, uh, my mom basically, we got into it, a verbal fight, and she kind of said, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm making a sandwich. She goes, no, 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 what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Right. I'm like, what? And I got it all like, what? You want me to leave? Uh-huh. You want me to leave? I can leave. I can totally leave. And they're like, my mom was like, no, there's nothing here for you. There's nothing here for you. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized I am just spinning my wheels. Yeah. At this point, I'm working, make it even worse, living in my parents' basement and working at a video store. Mm. So I'd be to like calling my mom and dad going, hey, Harlem Nights came out on VHS. You want me to bring it home? I mean, that was like... <laughs> right. Yeah, it was such a horrible life. So 
I realized I got to do something. I got to challenge myself. So I picked up a phone, a college buddy that lived at Halstead and Armitage and with another guy from college. I had no idea. And he says, hey, we have a third bedroom here. Second City is like a, a mile from here. Why don't you come here? So I saved a couple bucks, moved in here in 1919, boy, saying 1990. And when I was your age. No, 1991, I moved here. I got a temp job. I had to take two trains, two buses to get out to Skokie and do telemarketing for this catalog company where you're basically hard selling these people to spend $3,000 to join this exclusive club where you could buy, you know, house house goods for, you know, the retail, what the, you know, manufacturer's right. price and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they, that's the only way you made money. <laughs> they, they had to sign up that night. They, they did not know this when they showed up. When you And plus, you're doing a lot of, hi, I'm a public... <laughs> hi, I'm... I mean, it was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I hung it out. I, Joined Second City. Uh, yeah, let's fast forward though. You, so you got your start in, in broadcasting here in Chicago on the radio, Johnny B. Right, Jonathan Brandmeier. So you're a producer on Jonathan Brandmeier's show, and, and that all own, happened on a fluke. And, and our, our very own Robin Gar- Baumgarten was there as well, right? We were ships that passed in a night, oh, so right? to speak, okay. because she was kind of she was still working on the show, but I was just on the show kind of as a listener at the time. Okay. Because I would call in and do Jerry Lewis. Yeah, so let's t- talk to us about that, how that all started. Well, it started when um, there was a contest. Jerry Lewis was playing the Drury Lane, and um, Johnny B was, went on the air with Buzz, and he's like, hey, I got these tickets to see Jerry Lewis. I don't know who wants to see him, but we got some tickets to give away. Best Jerry Lewis impression. Give us a call. So I'm working at a marketing company, and I'm, I didn't do any work until he was off the air. They didn't know it. I just tap, tap, tap on my keyboard and... I was a regional manager for a marketing company. Anyway, so at 10 o'clock, then I would work. But anyway, <laughs> until then, I'm listening to this radio show very intently. Right. Just like love him and love his show. And so I hear this and I'm like, well, I kind of do a Jerry Lewis. I didn't have it down as much as I think I have it now, which doesn't do me a lot good <laughs> now that Jerry Lewis is dead unless you're doing a Jerry Lewis in heaven bit. So yeah. anyway, I call in and there's all these people ahead of me. Boom, boom, boom. It gets to me. And because I went through Second City, I think that's what saved me because I had I was able to kind of riff and be uh, improv because I had no like set like just as you heard, I have no set <laughs> jokes in my right, head right, other right. than the stupid ones that I remember because my wife tells them all the right, time. Right. So, you know, it's like, all right, we got a uh, Hoover. And it's like, lady, hi, what this world needs now is love, sweet love. Yeah. Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. So, like, they're immediately laughing, and Buzz, yeah. is laughing, and Buzz is like, I'd rather see Hoover than Jerry Lewis. So, from that moment on, I won the tickets, and uh, anytime Jerry uh, came up in the news, they would call me at work, is, <laughs> is Jerry available to talk to John? Right. And, and I was enjoying it. It wouldn't be like every day. It might be once a month, or they would start making up excuses, like, right. just call me to have me comment yeah. on anything. And one day I'm like, what am I doing? I'm working this marketing company, not really enjoying myself. I could have grown with the company and made decent money and sock away a bunch of cash and 401k and stuff. And I'm like, why don't I just reach out to Brandmeier? And like, so I called the office and his producer said, well, he's very businesslike off the air. So 
you know, I don't, I'm not aware of any jobs open, but I know he likes you. I don't know. I, I would just handle it like a business thing and, and send a cover letter and resume. So I did. And about, about three months later on a handwritten note, it said, timing is everything. Hmm. Back so, from him? Yeah. 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 So we talked on the phone. I took a big cut in pay, but we both rolled the dice. He said, let's try it for 90 days. See, right. see what happens up yeah, from this. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a car. Uh, I had a roommate. So, I mean, I'm like, I could lean myself down a little bit right. here as far yeah. as costs. And if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So, right, and I have right. so much, had so much fun contributing on just that one. See, all he knew is how oh, he does a Jerry Lewis. So right. I, from day one, I felt like I need to prove that I'm more than just a Jerry Lewis impression. Right. So that, that's where, you know, coming up with ideas, um, creating new characters, developing new celebrity impersonations, coming up with content. All those skills were transferable when I got hired here at WGN, thank right. God. I mean, I basically was a writer, producer, contributor on radio, and then I was able to kind of do that yeah. at GN. Not immediately. TV, I, they weren't right. immediately like, put that kid on TV. He's right. got a great-looking puss. Right. But um, right. it did transfer. Those skills you learn in one medium can be – transferred did i read i think <clears throat> i read somewhere that your jerry lewis was so good i mean kind of now how sometimes we make those fake phone calls but where a lot of people fooled oh by yeah jerry lewis i've the best Jeff one Hoover. i've i think i fooled uh i fooled some that are like well carol channing you know she yeah. was like 80 years old at the time but there were some impressive ones that i fooled like bruce willis i called him in, in can france for the film festival and he questioned he goes this isn't jerry lewis and i'm this ain't bruce willis <laughs> <laughs> so I just stuck to it, and yeah. I, I had to like come up with an excuse to get off the phone with him. I should dig that tape up and give it to you guys yeah. because he stayed on the phone with me. He gave me like his agent's name and his number, and I'm oh. like, oh, we're on the air live. I mean, oh. we never see that's a yeah. thing. They're supposed to say uh, you're live on the air right, right. now. Uh, right, right. Yeah, we never really did that. So. <laughs> come and get me, FCC. <laughs> I'm ready. Right so uh, what was it like working with Johnny B? You once said that he would tell you guys to bake the cake, find the meat, keep your head down, and stay focused. Do you still live by that? That's exactly it. Um, I used to be, I don't want to say a tattletale, but I'm very protective. I, I am still to this day very protective of him. Mm -hmm. He gave me my first opportunity. He, he rolled a dice on me. He got My foot was in a door, and on day one, I think James Mason died. These references are like for people 55 and older, I know, but he's an, he's an old British actor. You might remember him from, he was in one of the versions of A Star is Born with Judy Garland. Mm. He was also in a movie called Journey to the Center of the Earth. Ah, yes. So anyway, I did a equally bad impression that day, but on day one, I wanted to show that I can contribute and do more than what he knew of. Right. So... Where am I going with this story? Uh, well, oh, I was like working with him. Yeah, right. I learned everything. I mean, I learned everything from that guy. I, I will tell you this. He is very professional. He is very businesslike. There wasn't a lot of um, off-site goofing off. People always assume like, oh, you must be hanging out at each other's houses on the yeah, weekend. Right. Very, very seldom did we get together off the show. But that, that's my, we're not there to be friends. I'm an employee. So, yeah. And I wanted to learn. And I was right. hungry. And he gave me that opportunity. And um, we just had a great time. One thing I will share, and maybe he'll hear this and be mad at me, but I, I, I don't think he had bad intentions. But some, some places in a creative 
environment, the boss will like to see a little competition between their employees. So there was another writer producer there who had been there longer than I. I mean, he was there when I got there. So he'd, he'd already been there a couple of five years or something. So initially, Johnny was like, yeah, you guys will both be like trying to submit stuff and like, uh, you know, kind of playing off each other. But yeah. mostly, you know, you guys kind of be like, you know, you'll be sending ideas. He'll be sending ideas. And so after he presented that, I went to the other writer, producer, Brendan, and I said, hey, man. And because, you know, he was quick to show me his family uh, photo on his desk. Like, yeah. hey, dude, uh, just so you know, I got a family. And right. I'm like, right. and hey, dude, just so you know, shot. we're on the same team. So right. we created stuff together as a team. Sometimes it would be, you know, 80% him and 20% me. Sometimes it would be 50-50. But we always collaborated on the ideas because mm-hmm. we thought, you know what? We both have great ideas. We can work together. Why Why do we right. want to s- put ourselves in a competitive? It was bad enough you're in radio trying to compete for ratings. Why do right. we need to, you know, compete in fight. as a team? And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I learned a lot from him. So okay. I, I have huge respect for him and great appreciation for him. And much, I will jump springboard from that to say Brammeyer and then Larry Potash. Because Larry Potash gave me my foot in the door at WGN based on voicemail frenzy, the segment we do every day right. at 7.20. I, when I was unemployed in 2001, Brand Meyer didn't re-sign his contract, so I'm sitting at home, and I've never watched WGN morning news because I was always working. Right. And I'm flipping through channels, and I turn on the show, and I'm like, God, this show is like a radio show. They got their own like cast, and if you walk away from the TV, it sounds like you're listening to the radio. And they're not all buttoned up and stiff. They're actually like, look like they're friends and they're funny and their chemistry is really great. Wow. So I would watch a show and then I would call the number and I'd leave wacky weenies, I call them, you know, right. little right. song parodies about Larry's eyes or <laughs> he's got Larry Potash eyes. I mean, I could dig this crap up, but I would just listen and watch the show, call into the voicemail. One day Larry's like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's producing more of the show than our actual producers here. <laughs> and finally, I did this for quite a while. Yeah. I would VCR, you know, tape the show yeah. to see if hey, they aired my voicemail. They aired my voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only, I didn't think beyond that. Like, yeah. how can the, I leverage until this? Until Larry I, said that, yeah. the light bulb went off, yeah, and I'm right. like, Dear Larry Potash, <laughs> I am the mysterious caller that's been watching your show and contributing content. I would love the opportunity to talk to you more about potential opportunities that may or may not. So he wrote me back, hey, we're having a little party. Uh, uh, Robin's husband, uh, we're having a party. Uh, You want to meet us there? And so I came there. Larry's with his wife, and I bring Tracy, and I walk up to Larry, and I go, hi, I'm Jeff Hoover. And he goes, you're not as weird as I thought you'd be. And I'm like, thank you. Right. No, but that's where it all began. So yeah. he got he helped get me in the door. It took a while because, you know, there wasn't like a sign. You know, we're looking to hire a complete idiot uh, poster <laughs> right. on the wall or anything like yeah, that. Right. So I had to kind of prove myself. So they offered kind of like a freelance opportunity yeah. where. So starting would, out, you're only getting paid. Yeah, I'm only getting paid. You're for, putting on the air. Yeah, until it got on the air. Yeah. So, I mean, I might come mm, up with an idea. I might come up with an idea, and then I've got to get, you know, look, help, you know, get a shooter, yeah. sit with an editor, right. and then when I hit the air, you get a, you know, a couple hundred bucks or yeah. whatever it was. Right. 
Uh, but I did that for like a year and a half. And but that's know. good though too because it forces you to create. Yeah, you, it's the only way you eat. Yeah, yeah. constantly. But my wife was yeah carrying the load. Yeah, and but one day I thought, well, maybe I'll go back to school, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious because I'm I'll get my transcript. I believe I was a pretty good student, and I got my transcript. And I'm, I believe I will not be doing that. I will not be a good teacher. No, I don't think I would want me to teach any children. <laughs> So I finally I reached out to Bruce. I don't know. No, Bruce Wolf, who at the time worked at the Fox show in Chicago, was looking, they were looking for a sports producer. And I, I have almost zero real sports knowledge. I mean, I follow Cubs yeah. and stuff, yeah. but I don't know right. all the numbers and stats and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But he knew that if he could get me in the door and show them what I can do, Right. that I'd be a valuable asset to their show, which mm-hmm. I greatly appreciated. So yeah. I kind of faked interest, uh, and then I kind of leaked that out here. Right. I felt Use like, okay, I want to work here. Yeah. So I got to tell them, hey, I might take a job with a competitor. Right. I, I need I need benefits. I need you yeah. know I need the money. I can't right. just you know get a couple hundred bucks a month. Right. It's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. So luckily, I had proved my worth to that point where they said, all right, well, don't sign anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what we can do. So thank God it happened in that in January to be 17 years. And then you don't count that year and a half of freelancing. So. Right. Wow. And then I just looked at the calendar this Sunday, I think is my seven year anniversary of, and now for something completely Hoover, yeah. which Ooh. if you don't like blame Larry Potash, <laughs> because he's the guy then a sweeps meeting goes, Hoover, you do these great productions, but segment. they take a lot of time to, you know, produce and I, they're great, but boy, we, how about if we just gave you like Mondays are slow. Why don't we just give you like a, <laughs> a slot on a Monday, you know, and you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. Every so, week. Yeah, yeah. Every week. Yeah. And it seems great. easy. <laughs> right. But you know, you try to not do the same thing. And I, right. yeah, I had real grand hopes when I first started, I thought I'll you know, and I did. If if I go back and look, I rode a mechanical bull. I learned a traditional German dance. I mean, it was going to be like Walter Mitty of yeah. you know doing yeah. things right. out that I didn't know how to do. Or, right. But now it's become you know true or false with you know or yeah. Well, hey, got, random right. questions with. Right. But right. if we got a great guest, yeah, and they're willing to play, yeah, and you know we only have them like for four or five minutes most times. Right. There's a lot left on the table or things that. I know they're not going to ask him yeah. that I can ask him. Right. Uh, we're going to come back to now for something completely Hoover, but uh, just real quick, you've known Robin Baumgartner a long time. I found this quote from Robin about you. It was actually published 10 years ago today on October 24, 2009. Oh, my God. Robin told the folks at Chicago Radio Spotlight that, quote, Jeff is the funniest, most talented segment producer in Chicago, but he's a compulsive liar. So are you a compulsive liar? No. Don't lie. I don't think I'm a liar, but you know what? I'll, I'll give you a fun fact. Yeah. For as long as I've known Robin Baumgart, first of all, thank you, even though that's 10 years ago, and I hope, I hope hopefully I still have some, she still holds still me with some respect, yeah. but uh, I'm scared the hell out of her. She's scared, Robin to this day. Scares you? Robin, you scare the hell out of me. <laughs> I don't know, you intimidate me for some reason? I don't know, because, I don't know, I just, I respect you very much, and your opinion means so much, and then when I fail, right. it just, it's like, oh man she's going to be mad at me or she doesn't think I'm very good. Or it's like I'm, disappointing your parents. And Larry, I feel the same way because Larry's even told me himself, like he sometimes views me when I'm me on camera, 
he's kind of like a dad watching his kid go <laughs> up to bat at a, at a baseball game. Like, come on, come on, son, you can swing. swing Don't away. hold back. Swing come away, on. Jeff. Swing. You got a piece of it. You got a piece of it, son. Don't you be ashamed. You go sit down. And then sometimes he'll be like, you know, I got some old Larry's Worlds. If you want to look at it to give you some ideas for your segment. I'm <laughs> and I'm like, well, Larry, that's your thing. You know, right, my right. thing is I'm trying to find what my thing is. But, it, you know, like yeah. everything else. Sometimes you swing hard and you miss the ball completely, and sometimes you do get a nick of it. Yeah, and right. then sometimes, whoa, we got a home run. And yeah. you, you just try to, like Brandmeier yeah. used to say, puffs of air, let it go. Mm. When, mm-hmm. when, yeah, and he, even, he wouldn't even celebrate victories sometimes. So I'd be like, whoa, we don't either. We're number one show in Chicago, and the ratings will be right. last day of, you know, we'll find out, oh, yeah. we are number one, and there's – not even a cake. Nope. Not even Not a even applause. <laughs> no. If anything, maybe a slow clap. Yeah. Yeah. Then get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. I like being in a position where we we treat each day like is it it's important. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good work ethic. I think it it means more. Um, you can only do what you can do and just make sure you do it the best you can. Talk to us about your writing process. You do a lot of different things here, constantly creating zany, manic madness for this show. Where does it all come from? I don't know, but I'm seriously considering, uh, we had Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs on and we were talking and he said he does a lot of his writing, uh, on airplanes Mm, and he said that helps him be more concise, get to the point quicker. And I think that. I also write on a plane. I love doing these. I've probably I written rants, yeah. probably written maybe 20 um, little blog entries that I put on Facebook called Random Thoughts on a Plane. Yeah. Mm. And I try not to make them too, the, the joke references too current. And I yeah. think sometimes I'm better writing than I am able to deliver it. As you can tell right now, this is very intimate. Are you listening to this podcast still? Thank you so much. I'll go out with your mother. I don't know where that came from. I need to lay down. Anyway, yeah. so I like, right, I like yeah, writing. Right. I think it's, I'm old school. Yeah. Like I, I remember watching, hey, ain't that something? It's Bob Hope. You know, I remember watching Bob Hope, the Jerry Lewis movies. I remember watching all that on Channel 9 when I was a fat kid in St. Joe, Michigan. Arms reach to the TV, flipping the channels. Mm-hmm. Two, five, seven, nine, thirty-two, forty-four. Um, beat him, beat him, Watching, you know, Spanish TV, whatever. I mean, you right. didn't have choices. Right. But anyway, I'm because I watched Channel Nine. Bozo, huh, loved all that. Hey, guys, you know, I love all that Bozo stuff. The, yeah. The children's shows. I was mesmerized by Channel Nine. It influenced everything. You and know. and I walk into these doors to this day, and this is not BS Gen Lions or Paul Rennie or Next Star. But I get a tingle in my jingle when I walk in the door at the old number nine because I reflect back to being a kid, yep. never dreaming that right. one day yeah. I'd be here. Right. And thank God, yeah. still here right now until they go, right. who's the guy with the neck brace and the robot, <laughs> the robot thing? I don't get it. Don't really think that really fits into our local oh, approach man. to news right. broadcasting. Right. Get that, cut right. that. So one of your other jobs is booking guests, which is, you know, an on and off thing. You're always searching for a big guest. Yeah. But on top of searching for a big guest, a lot of people don't know that Jeff Hoover is also Uber to the stars, Airbnb to the stars. Mm -hmm. You're hosting them at your house. Your wife makes wonderful dinners. 
It's true. Talk about that. Why are you so nice to everyone? God, I hope it's not like I'm a stalker. I just, I would never, <laughs> I'm never going to People take like, you up on it. It's not like you're forcing Hey, Potsy, them. come down to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that movie Misery where yeah. you strap him to the I'm going to hobble you, Potsy, until you tell me what Pinky Tuck- Tuscadero is like. No. Um, that was the disappointing one. I Hopefully you won't <laughs> listen to this. I love Anson Williams, a.k.a. Potsy Weber from Happy Days. Again, I'm aging myself. If you're 55 and older right now, <laughs> that's pretty much you are loving case. the hell out of this. <laughs> but uh, when I picked him up from the airport, uh, for some reason he's he was in the back seat. But anyway, he got in the back seat, and I did feel like an Uber driver, I yeah. guess a bit. And that was before Uber, I think. Anyway, <laughs> so he gets in the back seat, and I'm thinking I want to talk a little bit of happy days and stuff like that. And um, instead, he goes, you know. If our founding fathers were around and alive today, they'd be very disappointed in the Constitution and what we've done, well, not representing. And I'm like, oh my god, oh yeah, I don't want to get political Politics, here. Yeah, but that was, we got over that. We got over that hump. Hey, um, so yeah, I've had Potsy over for dinner, uh, and to the winery, Linford Winery. Yeah. Ding ding. And uh, I've had uh, not an ad. Dwyer yeah, Brown. Ad. Dwyer Brown <laughs> from, uh, played the. Kevin Costner's dad from Field of Dreams. Uh, yeah, getting a little oh, obscure, wow, but okay. very yeah. emotional part of the movie. Yeah, uh, well, I don't want to spoil catch. it for you. They all die. <laughs> um, and then uh, he came over for dinner and actually slept over. Oh, um, how many people have slept over? He's the only one. Oh, I've had the band Everest. Which That's what I was going to say. You. I've had Teatro Zinzani over okay. for dinner. Uh, who else has come over for That's dinner? That's an interesting crew. Yeah. I hope to have uh, you both over for dinner. Oh, actually, great. you did come over for oh. uh, Ross. Oh, uh, this is before you yeah. and I started. Oh, Brian yeah, yeah, and I before oh. we had our yes moment. But right. there'll be there'll be time. Yes. There'll yeah. be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. You got to know when to fold up. Okay, where was I? Uh, so I won I the gonna, Nobel I was Peace Prize. <laughs> I was ready to join in there. Uh, who's your favorite guest of all time? Well. I hate to keep bringing up Mike Rowe, but in the hierarchy of favorite, I'll, I'll, let me see if I can give you five. Sure. Yeah. And maybe even in a particular order. Mm. Guess, can you guess who the number one is? Mike Rowe. <laughs> no. Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. sure, yeah. <clears throat> number two? Uh, John Cleese. Okay. Monty Python. Sure. Number three? The Fonz. Mike Rowe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number four, oh, yeah. Henry, Henry Winkler. Uh, Henry Winkler, I know you love him. Bonnie Hunt. Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah she's and number great. five, Jeff Garland. Oh, oh yeah. but wait, I'm getting oh, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I was I was going to tell you one of my favorite interviews of all time on radio was Gilbert Gottfried on with Gary Meyer about five years ago, and Gilbert Gottfried made the choice of saying yes or no. So any questions, and Gary didn't know this was happening, and it frustrated Gary so much because he realized he's got a good guest in studio, mm-hmm. but he thought at some point Gilbert will break. He'll, he'll elaborate on right. a question that was asked, but he just went, yes, <laughs> no, yes, no, <laughs> yes, no, yes. And when he was on our show one time, he said, hey, can I, can I say penis? Right. And I said, well, yeah, I think you can say penis. He went on and did mm-hmm. a joke that, and said about 
80 times, yeah. I swear to God. Your producer said I could say it. Gilbert loves he to make you feel uncomfortable. He, uh -huh. he yep. gets more entertainment out of like possibly, you know, going over the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder who else is like that. <laughs> I once got reprimanded for calling John Tesh, referring to him as Christopher Walken. I called him slap nuts. <laughs> and in the meeting after the show, the news director came in and said, why are you calling him slap nuts? And I'm like, it's not like slap nuts. Right. It's just a, a ridiculous word right. that just came yeah. out. But I'm like, tickle that pickle, slap nuts. And, <laughs> and I got a little bit of heat for that. Is that right? Yeah. Of all the guests we've had on, who's the biggest jerk? Mario Lopez. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? He was here to promote uh, kids uh, staying active and exercising in school. And again, I thought I had a decent idea. Mm -hmm. uh, not a great idea, but instead of like showing him off in the mm -hmm. wings, like coming up, we've got Mario Lopez. Because if a good guest is here and calling him good is a bit of a stretch. Um, if they, they want to see them, like instead of showing B-roll of them from Saved by the Bell or something. Hey, if they're physically here, can we do a quick bump shot, show them yeah. off, in this, right. off in the side next to the stage hand right. or something? Um, so instead of doing that, I thought, well, there just happens to be kids here. Why don't you go into studio with them and do some like jumping jacks? As I'm pitching this idea, the newspaper in which he was not reading at all, all the, he picks it up and then puts the newspaper over his face. <laughs> oh, like I just didn't even yeah. weren't like even I there. just uh, Idiotic, yeah. farted in his face right. or something. Right, right. So he did not like that idea. But fun fact, I walked away with his manager and I said, really, was it that, that bad of an idea? I mean, he's here to promote kids exercise. Right. There's kids here. Really? And then I walked away. And then when I came back, he was gone. I thought, Oh God, he left. And I look up on the monitor and there he is in the studio doing jumping jacks for the kids. So <laughs> either the manager got yeah, to him right. or he thought more of it. But so that ended up being okay. Another person, Carmen Electra. Why are they always like, the sea level guess. But of course right. at the time, Carmen Electra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was promoting some kind of razor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What kind and so of my idea was yeah. like, hey, bump shot, Dean with shaving cream on his head, and her like, oh, being startled, like, oh, coming up, Carmen Electra's here. And like right. she's shaving his head. He was game. Yeah. But she was like, she looked at me like gross no so it you yeah. know not a horrible story but um but just people who it's the they were here to play like to larry often says it's the a-listers that are like are willing you're always blown away like yep mike rowe i did a bit with him yesterday that will air monday well by the time this airs it you've yeah. already watched it a million times i'm sure <laughs> um he comes in the door and i'm like hey uh, i've got this segment on mondays and uh, let's do it before I even like, right, right. I'm like, well, here's the premise. You got a camera? Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm like, well, the premise is, and then I explain the premise. Boom. One yeah. take Jake nails it. Yeah. It has a good time. Says, send me the link when it airs. I'll tweet it out. And I'm like, That's these awesome. are the, yeah. these are the great people that get it. That right. We're helping each other. They've got a message. They've got something to promote. Yep. And we're giving them an opportunity on the number one show right. to get that message out there. And then, hey, how about a little bonus something? Huh? Right. A little something extra. Something yeah. for you and something for me. Right. And so, doing it a fun way. 
Yeah. yeah. Right. Find it. That's and that's the key to the Brandmeier tank right. of people that worked on that show. Jimmy Mack, Brendan Sullivan, Carol uh, Harmon, um, uh, uh, Office Lady Cheryl. I mean, we we worked as a team and and every day throwing ideas out every day. And that's where the Tom Hanks Hall of Fame thing comes yeah. from. Day before he's here, what are we going to do with him? What can we do? And I'm sitting there on this dumb idea. And finally, I'm like, well, we could have everybody like behind the scenes dress up as characters from Tom Hanks movies. And then like he walks down the hall and um, and people are like, I couldn't tell. Like people yeah. like, oh, well, uh, I'll go to fantasy costumes and I'll get all the costumes <laughs> right. and I'll sign the people to play whatever part. Yeah. yeah. And we rolled the dice. Thank God. Yeah. He was so quick yeah. and so oh, into it. No, oh, it's yeah. you know I think prices. it was a viewer favorite in the special or it's an oh, iconic yeah. clip. Yeah. yeah, one of the and there's a relating story to that. Yeah. Relating story. Yeah, Henry Winkler, who I do love, by yeah. the way. Yeah, um, but I think last time he was here, I irritated him. I never told anybody this, but <laughs> I kind of I think I I when I taped a bit with him, I this is my preamble every time I do the bit. And first of all, I have an, a sensor on my body or in my brain. That tells me you're really annoying. You're really annoying. <laughs> you have have you and had that really, checked? Lately? Oh yeah, I need to get the batteries <laughs> checked. Not going and, off. Yeah. <laughs> so I do this preamble every time. I'm like, okay, I do this segment on Mondays, yeah. and uh, here's my rule: if when we're done, we don't like it, or you don't like it, uh, we don't. I won't air it. Right. And yeah. that's only happened one time with Emo Phillips, who we taped the bit. Right. He wanted to watch it back. He's laughing throughout, he and at no. the end, he goes. I prefer you not run that. And I'm like, why? You, you, you were just funny. Left. He goes, I wasn't very funny in it. So I never aired that. Oh. Uh, but so anyway, so I do this preamble. I do all that, like I'm yeah. doing now. Right. And now, oh, the annoying sensor. No, but so I was doing that with Henry Winkler. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I, I even added this element because then I get really self-conscious. We're rolling. You know, they do that. We're rolling. Yeah. And then I always, <laughs> always do this to the guests because they don't really... Unless they've been here a bunch of times, they don't know me. Right. I'm still not 100% comfortable being me. So if I'm being me with this guest that I really like enough to do a bit with, I feel like sometimes when I'm being me, I have to say, oh, by the way, uh, excuse the kind of the fake voice. Because it's like, hey, good morning, Larry and Robin. Hey, I'm here. And it's a little bit. Yeah. It's not me. It's right. a little bit. You know, yeah, when you're broadcast. a broadcaster. Yeah. You know, kids, if you're listening. As a broadcaster, uh, one needs to take on a persona that's not quite real. Anyway, so I was doing that, and then Henry's like, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just do it. <laughs> it was like, whoa, yeah. the yeah, Fonz right. is going right, to yeah, yeah, kick yeah, my throat. Right. Give me a scissor kick. Right. Kind of the same thing when you and Gallagher. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Gallagher. Oh, man. Oh, that's a... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that clip he was trying priceless. to change everything. Right, like I right, had him right. all agreed to do the whole right. bit, and then he Gallagher was trying to change a script, and it, <laughs> right. it made no sense to him. Anyway, that's yeah. A you got to see story. the clip to laugh. The uh, I mean, we talked about your weekly segment, and yeah. now for something completely enough Hoover, of the weekly segment. It talk. airs at eight twenty a.m. every Monday. I told you I didn't want to talk about my weekly. How segment. How do you come up with ideas for that? Just based off of a Wild Weekend, or Here, uh, and, in, and in <laughs> any of the interns over the last seven years that I've been doing it will tell you. On days where we don't, or on a week where we didn't have any really good guests, yeah, I'm. I tell them, look up this day in history for that date, 
and play off that. Celebrity birthdays and odd holidays. And right. use more than one source. Right. Email me what you come up with. And sometimes it's like, you know, Ben Franklin uh, farted in the White House. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'll do a reenactment of yeah. that. Yeah. So sometimes for your segment, you do these drawings to honor cartoonist Bill B.J. Jackson, where you take someone's uh, their initials, initials and what they wanted to be when right. they grow up. That was one part of his show, which was in a several different uh, format, well, right. titles. It was BJ and Dirty Dragon. It was uh, Cartoon Town. And it was also Giggle Snort Hotel. Yeah. Like I said, as a little kid, there wasn't all these apps. There were no phones. There were no cell phones. You only had five channels. Right. And one of the channels, thank God, was Bill Jackson, who's not only a gifted cartoonist, but the ideas, the creativity, the puppets, the storylines with the puppets, the just the the amount of entertainment he and you know all those people that worked on all those yeah. classic children's shows. I still try to carry that on to this day. Right. That's why. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to book a magician. I'm not going to book. I'm not trying not to book a crappy one. Right. But that's my way of tipping the hat to Bozo. Right. Who used to feature all these great variety performers, jugglers and right. fire eaters and all that. That element, as long as I'm here, I'm always going to um, tip my hat to that because that, that's what this that's what our foundation is, whether anyone else agrees or not. We are about breaking the sameness barrier, mm-hmm. doing things that are uh, that no one else will do or try to do. We'll fall on our face. But we'll get back up and try it again, right? Or try it differently. Yeah. To that's I think that's why people watch. They like the spontaneity. You never know what's going to happen. Sometimes I think we get a little self conscious. We think our bag of tricks is, are getting old, but I think we do a good job smacking the crap out of it and getting the dust off and continuing new segments and dusting off the old ones. You know, right? Think about voicemail frenzy. It's been said many producers <laughs> right. over this yeah. entire 25 it, well i don't even know how long it's been on but yeah it's it's really evolved it's not just voicemail it's it's right it could be anything and it's other right. stuff it's a potpourri right hello cisco <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's cool about i mean you've taken these segments too and you've honored them where like you actually have a relationship with bill jackson where he's saying oh, yeah. you hey jeff Great job. And no, I know he I, actually sends you mail. Yeah, and he'll, cool he'll draw too. he'll draw yeah. cartoons on the actual So you're doing package. it justice, and that's got to be cool. That, it definitely feels good. Uh, I will n- never be as great as Bill Jackson is, but the fact that he appreciates and enjoys my attempt to right. keep him uh, in people's minds and keep that kind of entertainment or that kind of fun alive, uh, that, that means more than... Uh, ratings well ratings are good too but right. yeah <laughs> exactly you know what i'm saying you're uh you're also quite the performer which uh, if anyone's listening has experienced yeah. we interviewed mike toomey for this podcast last year <laughs> he said you're fearless when you perform so tell us what are you afraid of sucking <laughs> and the name is hoover so i've heard you know hoover sucks yeah, yeah my entire life hilarious a fat kid yeah that even was even worse you know hoover sucking down the food anyway I have many emotional scars. 
Many, many. No, uh, what is the question? Toomey asked if what? He said you're fearless, and I'm just jokingly you know asking I'll what you're afraid of. i fearless is like Will Ferrell taking his shirt off, <laughs> right. and he's got, you know, the love handles, <laughs> yeah. and he's got some kind of scar. Yeah. And to me, that's, but I'm, I'll take off my pants before I'll take off my shirt. Oh. And that goes back to, you know, nice being legs. a fat kid. I used to wear a t-shirt into the water at the beach. I mean, I, <laughs> it would be like 90 degrees out shirtless. and it's like, why do you got a shirt on? You've been shirtless on the show. Uh, you did yeah, that man, I mean, uh, that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure I like tweaked my nipples or something. So I didn't have such incredible man boobs or something. Um, uh, you do have a lot of recurring characters on the show. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I, I, I guess I like Wink Winkle. He's kind of evolved a little bit over the last couple of years, if only in the fact that I now tuck in the shirt tail that used to hang out of the zipper, just because I got tired of getting forwarded oh, emails about, hey, that guy's shirt tail's hanging out. That's a bad example. I watch the show with my kids. You better tell them to knock that crap out. <laughs> when he comes on the show, I turn it off. It's disgusting, a shirt tail hanging out there. What's he implying? Could we hear from Wink Winkle? Huh. Well, I don't know. Wink? Hello, Twinkle Twinkle. It's your old pal, Wink Winkle. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, what do you think of Jeff's performance so far, Wink? Well, he's not my cup of tea, but <laughs> I'm hoping that you out there are enjoying it. I'm having a little snifter. Mm. 10W40. Delicious. All right, I got to go. I feel a mud pie in the pants. All right, see you, Wink. All right, thanks, Wink. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, Greg Caputo hated Wink Winkle. Did he? Oh, yeah. he wanted to kill Wink yeah. Winkle. He really wanted to kill Wink Winkle. Uh, thank God Paul. Paul is the only one. Paul Conrad... He likes my Brad the Robot, and yeah. he likes my Wink Winkle. Right. I think otherwise I would not, I would never do it again. And I stopped doing, and I should bring him back, but I'll have to find a way to do it. It's been so long. But I used to do um, Cletus T. Hoggins yes. from Whiting, that. Indiana. Yes. And I used to do that and enjoy the heck out of it, but I'd always get hate mail from Indiana Whiting. Yeah. <laughs> right. We don't got trailer parks down here. What do y'all do that whiting in the end thing down about the trailer park and got that guy with the coonskin cap? He pulls out the back of his pants. He and that wink winkle, whenever they're on, I turn the channel back to QVC and I buy myself one of them wind chimes made out of a bottle caps and uh, I got a pinky ring signed by... Uh, this is the last episode Lou. of the world's greatest newspaper <laughs> television podcast. It's been really lovely having this show. This Thanks is, for this having is me a nice on. Run. I will not turn the channel now. <laughs> uh, I think Ross has a question for you. Um, Brad the robot. Did, how did you come up with that? Was it just you had a oh, robot no. suit? Or no, no. Here's what's funny about that. A lot of stuff just is triggered by real stuff going on here. When we went to robotic cameras. Oh. Brad was oh, yeah. Brad was a robotic camera. Okay. So the bad joke thing, I don't know. I never got I, the backstory on him. Yeah. That's what, the backstory. Yeah, backstory. Larry Saturdays Potter. at 10. <laughs> Replayed on Sundays. <laughs> I didn't have a bell, so I had to belch. Um, so anyway, yeah, the backstory. I don't know, the joke, bad joke-telling robot. Yeah. That, I don't know. I think I just probably felt self-conscious, like you can't just be... Yeah, I'll put the robot suit on. And... I am an automatic, you know, robotic camera. 
you know. So, right. And my goal in those, if when I do appearances with uh, Paul, are finding like kids' jokes for the most part, but then making them borderline inappropriate, which all comes from my dad, who right. I've had a whole life long uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd bring home these jokes from Whirlpool. He worked at Whirlpool, and they'd be on paper, and it'd be like, <laughs> you know, kind of risque. You yeah. know, had it folded up in his pocket. And he'd go, hey, look at this, Jeffro. He called me Jeffro. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I didn't like know if Jeffro? that was like Jeffro, not Jethro. Like, like, like Beverly Jethro. Hillbillies. Yeah. Jeffro. Huh. So, and I didn't I like have it. a fro. Huh. So I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him, him. Like, where'd that come from? Like, yeah. Who are you hanging out with? Get right. back. What kind of lingo are every time Ned. Hoover guys on that television, I turn the channel. <laughs> I just don't. Why are you laughing at him? Why are you people laughing at him? You're just giving him a fuel for the fire, and the fire's not good. All righty. <laughs> don't you. Uh, I'm going to download this right in the toilet. <laughs> you have a special relationship with Larry Potash's cat, Chantel. Meow. Meow. Oh. Oh, I didn't know she was here. And that's yeah. another one. Yeah. It's hard to, I don't even know where that came from. I think that, that was a joke that they may have started like Larry having a cat. Then right. we actually made the cat right. a, a real thing to yeah. the point where I think Larry's probably bothered. Does he really right. hate it or is it that a put on? I think if we did it every week, he would hate it. Oh, but yeah. I think yeah. he yeah. kind of gets it that it's kind of a fun yeah. thing. And to, it's one of those things anytime we do it, and it, it gets a... Th- like a couple thousand hits of video views yeah, on right. Facebook. People like it. Well, here's like, the it's the top trending thing on Facebook, you know. And the cool thing is that somebody out there, I met the girls, I can't remember their well, I probably shouldn't expose this because maybe some of you really thought Chantel really had a Facebook page, but there's a couple of fans of Chantel that created a Facebook page. <laughs> I think it's Chantel Larry Potash's cat or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and they will just post meow. Right. Like they'll write meow. In response to yeah. things. Or, and... or just that's their status. Meow. Right. Meow. Meow. The best thing about that is if you just get in a silly fit sometimes and it's hard to keep right. from reacting to whatever whatever Larry says or whatever Paul says. Um, and it's hard to – I mean, that's not a great – everybody does a cat impression. It's so right. bad. Right. But I think that's kind of part right. of the fun is it. Anyway. Oh, um, Who let it, the dogs out? Mm, 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 mm. That was for you, Larry. I know you're listening. One last character here. Backstory. <laughs> Get another plug in there for me, would you? Hmm. Oh, he's kind of Ted. He's kind of Ted Knight. Hmm. Oh, hmm. Oh, Pookie. Pookie. Hmm. You know, I'm no slouch myself, Ty. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, if Andy Rooney were here, is there anything he's upset about? You ever like wonder here? why there's so many kinds of ties? There's stripe ties. There's polka dot ties. There's string ties. There's garbage bag ties. And there's Thai food. <laughs> no, I love. Yeah, that's, that's also 55 and older. We're right. rocking. Uh, <laughs> I used to love his commentary uh, on 60 Minutes. I mean, I didn't care about uh, Anwar, Anwar Sadat or, uh, right. you know, explosions in Belfast. It was, to me, it was just watch this old man rant and just go off. He would just start on one topic and it would go 
so I like writing as Andy Rooney sometimes yeah. on Facebook too. Right. And that's where that came from. Mm. You know, Joe, all fairness, you know, we know that the Bears guys, that was an SNL thing, right. but they didn't make it a musical Da yeah. Bears guys, right. which is how I separate. Like people, you're ripping off Saturday Night Live. It's like, I turn the channel every time. <laughs> no. Uh, so that's how I justify it. It's like, right. okay, Joe Piscopo, I think, used to do Andy Rooney. So is it a ripoff? But I'm sure like a lot of people used to you know, do yeah, a right, similar right. thing. It's what you do with it exactly. and what you're ranting about. Right. It's, right. It makes a difference. I could have been like, to take, take the cheap way out and go, it's Andy Rooney Jr. or right, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to make him. We're, we're talking comedy. We're talking about respecting uh, writers and the creators of other shows that may have inspired those characters. But if you've taken and kind of tweaked, kind of took their nipples and tweaked, and um, did we say, can we say nipples? Uh, Ross and I have been both been lucky enough to be part of the madness uh, for the annual Halloween trip to Fantasy Costumes. Mm-hmm. Ross missed it this year. He had better things to do, I guess, but that's okay. I missed yeah. seeing you run around in your underwear. <laughs> talk, to, talk to us about what it's like producing that year in and year out. It's more and more and more and more stressful because when you go there, I, not a lot of people know this. I went there twice before we went there live that day. So what, are you, did, what are you I doing see, when you go I'm there? looking at the yeah. c- costumes going, mm, did that, did that, did that, did that, did right. that, did that, did that, did that. Did we do that? No. Yeah, we did that. Did that, did that, did that, did that. Oh, oh, we didn't do this one. Yeah. Oh, I can't show the f- on the air. No. But there's some of those inappropriate costumes they keep in the corner, you know, like right. the genie right. lamp that says "rub me" and right. all the, you know, all the the <laughs> night yeah. that you lift up the apron and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We've asked a few people on this podcast who their favorite people are on the morning show. Paul said Robin, Pat said Anna, Anna said Pat. So there's obviously something going on there. Mm. Who's your favorite? Keep in mind, nobody has said Ross or Brian. So, mm. well, I love them all. I'll say that mm-hmm. they all are very accepting, and if I ask them to do anything. For the most part, the only thing Larry won't do is put on a woman's outfit. <laughs> yeah. I've learned that. Uh, he doesn't really like to act. He really yeah. gets... Uh, he doesn't think he's a good thespian, but he is but he good. is a good thespian. Right. He is. He is. So he needs to get more confident about that. Maybe now that he's doing backstory, Saturdays at 10 and Sunday replay. <clears throat> no bell. No burp. Um, so did you answer the question? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite, and I think for obvious reasons, because he is such a supportive person, and I will say I've probably spent more time with Paul off air. Um, you know, I lost my mom in March, and he was very uh, comforting, and you know, he lost his dad years ago, and I knew I could talk to him about some of the stuff. You know, you know it's really tough losing a parent. And when you work on a show that's supposed to be fun and, right. you know, you can take some time off, but yeah. were, I'm in my first year of first birthday without my mom right. coming up on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So th- it's going to be, you know, a little tough. There's been uh, some things that were really important. My parents are, are uh, very supportive of me and have been. And, but my mom was kind of like the, the one that kept it all together and she knew all the important dates in our lives and, she did all the shopping for presents, and, you know, it's a lot of my dad now. He's like, he called and wished me happy birthday recently. He's like, happy 52, and I'm like, Dad, I'm 54. But, you <laughs> know, I know, I know not yeah. to expect. Yeah. Right, right, right. He's not my mom. My dad's my dad, right? right, right my right. mom, yep. you know, we're, we all miss her very much, but, 
there are uh, some important things that, you know, they were always, if I was doing a show, they were in the audience. Um, they, uh, you know, I got the chance to interview Richard Dreyfus. I mean, my God, I'm interviewing Richard Dreyfus. Right. In front of people, people that paid money to see. And I was missing seeing my mom. So <laughs> now I'm crying on a podcast. Uh, but no. I think parents are important. I hope you uh, guys, I mean, who's not going to agree with that, right? Yeah. And when you lose one, you lose a part of yourself. Right. So, anyway. <laughs> I was just going to say <laughs> to try to. That'll bring me back. <laughs> right. But there's, that's the thing I think it comes back around to is off the air, it's like a family, most of the people here. Yeah. You yeah. can reach out. Yeah, Paul, Paul, someone like people that. don't, all, another thing people may not know about Paul, other than being a really caring person, again, not to say that not, you know, everyone sure. is, but Paul especially, because I've really connected uh, over this stuff, Paul is actually a good newsmaker thinker. People don't expect that. You think you, the guy yeah. you see yeah. on the air sometimes seems or appears to be uninterested but the guy is very interested in news and in meetings oftentimes he'll suggest some really good thoughts and newsmaker ideas. So right. uh, I think that's good to get that out there because some people don't know that part of him. You assume it's um, maybe, you know, you might assume that's just Larry who Larry works his <laughs> off. He stays late. He does the Larry's world. Um, this podcast is literally just a vehicle for Ross and I to get invited to Paul's house. <laughs> so oh my gosh! Could you help us? Oh my gosh! I I'd love to go up there. He's got the hell of a hell of a view. My yeah, gosh. yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, we've asked so every if, guest if they could help us. If you, you get a plus two, yeah, yeah, you let us know. Have you I been there? You haven't three. been. There. I was there crazy. a long time ago, but this is before he's done. He's all got this. the new. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been, I went to Larry's house once years ago when he used to live close to the station. I was invited to his Christmas party, mm-hmm. and I think it started at seven, and we roll up at like six fifty eight, and I'm getting out the door, and Tracy goes, "We can't, we can't go. It doesn't start till seven. You're gonna wait till like seven ten. <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm not gonna sit in the car for ten minutes. We're here." <laughs> she goes, "No, do not. This is early on in my yeah. working here. Do we're not going up there." So I'm like. I got her to get out of the car at 7.05, you know? <laughs> Ring the doorbell. Larry's, I don't even know if he answered the door. I think maybe Lisa did. And, like, either Lisa's parents, I think Lisa's parents were there. Larry was, I think, still getting ready upstairs. <laughs> and so, like, Tracy and I are the only ones there. And yeah. we're, I, I think I stepped on his train. He had, like, a train that went around the Christmas tree. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've been here two minutes. I've already, like, broke something. Right. And yeah. Yeah, but it it is weird when you're off campus, so to speak, and you're then you're hanging out with people that you work with, and you you know them in your work setting. But then now you're on your own personal time, and you get some alcohol in you sometimes, and you might say something that maybe you wouldn't have said if you were completely sober at work. Yeah. Um, so that's always a uh, a slope. What do you call it? A slippery slope. Yeah. Yes. Which goes back to my elementary school days when I got yanked out of class because i had a esp uh lisp right, right. Flippery flop. Yeah. anyway uh your work wife producer tyra martin told yes. us that when you first started here you used to eat soup out of the can she said quote i knew he had a wife so it was confusing to me why she would let him out of the house eating raw soup i assume i've she been couldn't exposed possibly knew he was doing that 
Were you going exposed. through a dark time or a lazy time? Okay. Or, uh, yeah, Did Tracy I know? I don't think I ever told. I think she assumed that I heated it up in a bowl. Here. <laughs> Just you did not but I just ate out of a can. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tyra also told us about the time that you told Ryan Dempster that you loved him. Yes. Did yes. you guys hug? It was kind of embarrassing. I'm such a fan of Ryan Dempster. I, um, I never thought, again, fat kid growing up in St. Joe watching the station, watching the Cubs, and getting a chance to meet a real Cub player that was halfway decent or maybe above that even. Uh, and more importantly, the guy gives back to the community. He's a great guy, funny, um, good broadcaster. Anyway, so he's here, and we spend some time talking. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm not a real macho man. Like I said, I don't really know. I feel like to be macho, you have to know a lot about sports. So I try to chime in sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I'm lost. Oh boy, <laughs> I've really gotten myself in this now. Where do I go? So I felt like I was holding my own. I was all excited, like I didn't embarrass myself. I, my annoying button didn't go off. Yeah, right. And as he's walking down the hall, leaving, I'm like, I love you. And I'm like, holy <laughs> or, sorry. I can't believe I just told him I loved him. I'm, not, I'm like, I hope he didn't hear me. I hope he didn't hear me. Did he hear you? You don't know? I brought it up to him when he was here <laughs> with Bonnie Let's Hunt. Let's double down on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he kind of just ignored it. Uh, that oh, I that's up. cool, man. Yeah. I think he, uh, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah. Do you remember that time I I turned in like Farley, you know? Right. Remember when you were on and I I said I love you? (laughs) Yeah. That was cool. That was embarrassing. (laughs) Don't uh, don't get too mad at Tyra that she fed us that there. No, no. She also said I'll do this, Tyra. Thanks a lot. You got me sick. So if you hear this like (laughs) in my voice a little bit, you're always about telling people, ooh, wow, go home. You're going to get everybody sick. I think she got got me sick. But I'm not like sick and a vomit. Right. Although you listeners at home. Or in your car. Okay, you probably got us. Grab a bag, because it's about to get nasty. No, I don't even know what that means. But anyway, there's a little bit of a, if some of my impressions aren't dead on, it's because I have a bit of snot in my head. Anyway. Ty- on my shoulders. <laughs> <Tyra> said. <laughs> He's trying to give you a compliment. I'm trying to give you a compliment. <laughs> oh. You're not letting me. Okay. Tyra said that you're a really good producer and a great friend. Oh, I love Tyra. Tyra is my work wife. I hmm. share her with Tom Barnes. Uh, we have an open marriage. Nice. Uh, oh. Yeah. It's 2019. Yeah, we know so. we're all good. Yeah. And Moving that, on uh, from your work wife to your real wife, I reached out to your oh wife my before gosh. this yeah. interview. Oh, she's going to listen to Buckle this Buckle up. Uh, yeah. Oh, Are you ready she, for this question? She didn't really know what exactly I wanted as much as dirt, so she gave me some options. Uh, she told us you gave a toast at Grandma Kitty's 90th birthday party. Oh, How'd that go? Not good. No? No. I thought it was great. Any material you want to <laughs> reveal? No, I kind of did, and I can't. I didn't memorize it. I had it written out, and it was kind of like, when you were 60, when you were 70, I just kept on like, in a, but I probably didn't start at 60. I started way lower. But, <laughs> right. but yeah. <laughs> They probably wished I would have started at right. 60 at that point. But yeah, yeah I don't remember. What, but I did like some, you know, it went on. I thought it was fairly well written. Yeah. But this is, uh, you know, you're a few cocktails into the evening. Yeah. And I'm and I made it made the speech on like the staircase. So yeah. It overlooked the room. <laughs> oh, so I had like this grand setting for this. Right. What was going to be a great speech. And right. then it was like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. She probably it probably re- reminded her of the time that I got up to sing karaoke and I thought I could do who can it be now 
and then forgot how high that song gets. <laughs> Who can it be now? Who can it be now? Who can it be now? <laughs> See? And that's exactly how I went over. And like when I went back to the table to sit down, everybody like moved their chairs over. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know him. She also told us about a uh, high school performance, like a variety show as Wink or Brad that uh, didn't go over very was well. Was it a reunion? It was a re- like you, can't, you go back every year, right? Well, it's, it's something called Encore, and it helps raise money for the St. Joseph Public Schools Foundation. And being a thespian <laughs> and uh, a lover of the school and the teachers there and the community, they've been doing these Encore variety shows where they invite back uh, alumni that are interested to audition to perform and raise money. So they've done like three of these and I've done each, each, each time they've done it, I've done it. So I've sang with a jazz band. I did a couple of skits and then two years ago I decided to bring out Brad the robot and some of the jokes might've been a little racy for the audience. Yeah. And we did it two nights. So the second night, a guy that alumni that played in the orchestra pulled me aside and said, uh, hey, uh, a couple of those jokes are a little, uh, you know, I got family out there. <laughs> if you could like, to, and I'm like, what? I'm about to go out there. Right. And, and now you're like right now. And you're not the director. Right. Right. I'm doing this. I'm volunteering my time. These the jokes were approved. We did do right. a. I did submit what jokes right. I was doing, but now we got this guy worried about mm. his grandma <laughs> or whatever out in the audience, and I'm like, so I took it out. But then I replaced it with probably an equally inappropriate <laughs> right. joke. Right. All right, I'll take out the gynecologist joke. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> uh, my, now I'll put in the no, joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> My uh, aunt and my uncle have been stalking you, I think, at your local winery. Oh, Linford Winery. Ding, ding, ding. It's not an ad. Do you want me to tell them to leave you alone? No. Hmm. But they wanted me to give you a little razzing about... No, we're not going to talk about that. Okay. Moving right along. (laughs) You like wine a lot. Red or white? Rosé? I heard there's an orange wine? Uh, If there is, I'm not drinking it. Uh, you You know what? When I met Tracy, I didn't travel. I looked... I looked like somebody tried to dress me up like Chandler Bing. You know, I wore giant white tennis shoes and stonewashed jeans and a sweater vest. And uh, I drank whiskey and Diet Coke. So I was really, I mean, she took me and like, Refined. you know, like, yeah. like Lion King lifted me up in the sky yeah. and said, I'm going to change this lion cub into something better. <laughs> so then she updated my look. I stopped. I started drinking wine, and I'm like, wow, there's all kinds of wine. And, <laughs> right. But, you know, out of all the wine trips, out of all the wine tastings, I could still just kind of go, oh, it's red. <laughs> right. Um, right. So you're this not one a- appears to be white. <laughs> and uh, this one's a little sweet. This one's dry. This one, where am I? Where are my pants? Yeah. Is that Hoover on the TV again? <laughs> Give me the remote. Turn that son of a bitch off. Every time he's on the air. <laughs> oh, man. If you can tell, if you can't yeah. tell by now, I have a real self. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty self-aware. 
And I think I wished I would have moved to Chicago sooner. There's so many things. But then I think, well, I wouldn't have met Tracy and I wouldn't have, you know, right. everything kind of is, people say, how did you get here? How did, how did you get on, <laughs> how did you yeah. get on WGN right. Morning News? How did right. you, and they think, well, I think sometimes I take it offense to it. Like, well, if they can put you on there. Right. <laughs> so I just turned into the blob. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a real winding road and it sounds very cliche, but it's like, Things just kind of happened. And I'm not to say I didn't work hard because I did work hard to try to get those things to happen. But things kind of fall in place. Mm-hmm. But I did always have a drive. It took me a while to find it. And thank God because my mom was able to see me uh, achieve uh, some success. You know, she got to see a lot of great things that I've been so fortunate to be a part of radio, television. And um, she was a, she's very proud. My family's very proud. My wife, everyone's so supportive. People I work with, I've, it's been a great ride. And I'm thinking, wow. Like the other day, I'm, we're on the porch, and Tracy's like, uh, I'm telling Tracy, ah, man, we're just going, going, going. We're always doing stuff. There was always, you know, I can't wait to retire. And she goes, you know what? When you retire, you retire. But right now, you're not retired. We're having fun. Right. And that's... It's kind of a, it kind of, she sometimes slaps me out of a funk because yeah. I'm, yeah. it's real easy when you're putting yourself out there or putting your material out there to, all it takes is one boo bird to yeah. poop on your car yeah. mm-hmm. after you just had it washed right. to take me down the road. Right. Like I, I look at Robin and Larry and Pat and all of them because I used to check voicemail. They're boo birds for all of us. Oh yeah. And if you let it affect you, it will crush you. <clears throat> And I, I, on occasion, I've gotten better, but occasionally there will be a crushing email. Like I keep joking about, oh, every time he's on the air, that was a real email or post that I saw once. And it, it sticks with you. Right. You, you want to be, like I want to be liked. I, I want people to like what I do. And some people just for whatever reason may not like me, and that's fine. Maybe I really truly do suck in their mind, and I've got to be willing to be big enough and to accept that, right? Right. But they may not know something that they really liked is something that was my idea or something I produced. Right. So it's like sometimes you want that to get out there, so you're like, "See, you you like that? Okay, I get you. May not like what I do personally on the show, but I mean, I'm I've been here, and these are there are other things that I do." Beyond, you know, walk around in a robot costume or right. uh, drop my pants and take a pie in the face. I mean, right. there's yeah. there are other things that I do, and you want that you want that uh, out there. But then that well, you know now I feel like I should lay on a couch, but because it's you want to, I want to be loved, not loved, liked, like right. just like me. And <laughs> there are some some people don't want. I think like, some whatever. people don't yeah. care. Right. Yeah, some people don't care. Right. Yeah, like I'll say this: Pat Thomasulo does not care. Doesn't no, he doesn't. Crap. No. And I wish I had that thick skin right. where I could yeah. say I don't care. Yeah, but that's not me because I do care. And it's right. like, yeah. I'd be if I ever did stand up, I'd be on. I'd be so self conscious. Like, why aren't you laughing? <laughs> right, but sir, <laughs> sir, where are you going? Right, uh, 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 okay, right. You know, I mean. Uh, so it's this need to be, and I think that comes from being a kid and, and, you know, my dad was, is a tough guy, a Marine. And, uh, 
I remember wanting to do a variety show uh, skit when the Curly Shuffle came out. Remember that parody song, The Curly Shuffle? Okay, I'm I old. think you're dating us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Three Stooges were very popular. Oh, I know the Three and they Stooges. And there was a wacky oh, okay. parody song called yeah, The yeah. Curly, Chef, mm. uh, Curly Shuffle. Gotcha. And I remember going to my dad going, oh, I'm going to do this act. And he goes, that's stupid. And it's, oh, it was right. crush, crushing. Um, so you go back to like, I think a lot of us, maybe it's just me, you go back to being a kid and you're, you're I, I have a great teacher uh, back in high school who's still with us and he does these enco- encore shows. I'm mm-hmm. talking about Dennis Bowen who would just let the line out. And Brandmeier used to do the same thing. If I was off on a roll, and you guys have let me do this today. A lot of this you'll have to edit. I get it. Um, but they just let the line out. It's like, all right, where is he taking us now? And then at some point, oh, got to reel it back in a little bit now. Yeah. And that that's such a great outlet. And I think a lot of that helped shape me as who I am as a person. You know, you want to be liked. You want to entertain. You want people to laugh. Give them a smile. There's enough crap going on in this world right. it's really hard being in the news industry not posting stuff about what's going on so trying to find something every day that isn't about what's going on can be a challenge but it's a good challenge to have what would you be doing if you didn't produce for the WGM morning news very quickly uh that is a great question uh you know what i don't know what i'd be doing instead but i know what i could be doing in my next chapter of life is I could see myself working in a winery mm. on the West coast, mm-hmm. maybe Washington, maybe Portland. Uh, is that in Washington? No, no. Oregon. Okay. We, uh, I could see myself in the West coast being the guy yeah. that's like, all right, you've tried our gold medal winning cab. We're on to the Pinot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be able to smell like an oaky. Uh, <laughs> right. Cigarette flavor. Wait, like that's Somali- not my drinking cup. A Super really- spit. Don't put that cigarette in my wine glass, you A really bad sommelier. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, to work at it. You <laughs> yeah. know what? Having media experience, dealing with PR people, yeah. dealing with TV and radio, I could be some small and pop kind of winery. Hey, I can get you mom and pa on the local TV and radio. And if you want somebody to be the spokesperson for the demo... I could be that person too. Mm, right. I could lead tours. You know, that, so that's kind of, yeah. yeah. that's like when I'm, you know, that's, that's hopefully 10 years, 15, I, you know. Yeah. It's no secret I'm 54 years old. I'm at the top of the demo. You look So at 32. some point it's going to be like, how about we do a segment about denture cream? <laughs> With Gilbert Gottfried. All, All right, right, Gilbert, uh, it's time for the lightning round. We're going to ask oh you a series <laughs> of rapid-fire <laughs> questions. We ask you a series of rapid-fire questions. You have to answer them. You have to answer them honestly. First question. Dogs or cats? Dogs. I knew that answer. Favorite comedian? Uh, Jerry Lewis. If you wrote a book about your time at WGN, what would you call it? Bloody knees and licking arms. That's right. <laughs> Is it true there's some bad commercial training video you did that's out there? Can we see it? Bad commercial trending. Do we show it? What is it? Is it the laundry? Were, were you doing something? Oh, like a laundry uh, I used machine? to do uh, training videos for Whirlpool and oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah used to do, yeah. Oh, I don't think. And I've it almost came across ago. like a homemade porn because I was like a a young guy visiting an older lady's uh, <laughs> home and looking at her washing machine, and it wasn't written <laughs> to be sounding double entendre, but certainly it sounded like uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, when can we expect the next Bears Superfans video? You got anything cooking? Man, the way they're playing now, yeah. we should be doing something. Like, I don't, maybe there's some anti anthem. I don't know what there's. What's there no. to talk about? It's, yeah, they'll come back. Early. Yeah, uh, they'll come back. Maybe we'll become backer fans. Pro- proudest moment on the air. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Most embarrassing moment. Um, boy, there's been so many. <laughs> <laughs> just about every Monday at eight twenty. Uh, let's just say that uh, there's been some there's been some uh, hits and misses. Uh, but uh, I own, like I said earlier, I own everything. If I if I completely blew it, I usually fall on the sword. Um, there may have been a misstep in booking a fake German gay heavy metal band called Pink Steel mm. uh, that I booked that. I think of now and I'm like, how did I not get fired then? I mean, it, right. they were not really German. They weren't really gay. Oh, but they were a punk rock band. And before they went live, thank God I saw the guy put socks in his pants. And I said, ah, ah the socks got to come out. Yeah. But yeah. that's the only discretion I wow. had at the time. Say something nice about Ross. Ross. And I'll say this about both of you. Mm. I love your energy. I love your creativity. I love that. Um, you know, I'm considerably older than you guys, and a lot of my references are like, what? I don't really understand what that means, but I'm going to laugh anyway. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the fact you guys really make everything better that you touch. I mean, voicemail, I don't think, has ever been better. And I hope Jen Lyons is listening. I, we need to find room for you. And I'm not bull. <laughs> I'm, we need to find room. I mean, yeah. they made... Thank God they found room for me. I hope they'll find room for you because I think you're a valuable asset. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that. We need people that can do what you both can do. And and I can't edit. Right. Yeah. But you guys have this extra skills on top of being creative and throwing it out there. Right. You guys have extra skills. And they're very, especially nowadays, I mean, Anyway, I'm Thanks, rapid fire. Is, I love you. I just pooped on it. We, we love, love you. Thank love you for that. You. His you. question was going to say you. say something nice about me. <laughs> but you got So there. you did you it. So uh, yeah. what was your favorite TV show as a kid? Oh, Bozo. Bozo yeah. Circus. Um, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. When's the last time you took a bath? Oh. Uh, probably in my longer. wonder years when you <laughs> Finding the hole so in the shampoo bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> did, you, did you have any nicknames growing up other than Jeff Rowe? Uh, Hoover the Mover, because that's when I played football. Hoover okay. the Mover. Nice. Uh, tuba for a while. I was tuba. Huh. I'm not sure. I didn't play the tuba. I wasn't in marching band, but hmm. I think I had, it was probably some kind of veiled fat reference. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have dinner with anyone in history, living or dead, who would it be? Uh, for some reason, Walken came up in in my mind. Sure, for some reason, Christopher Walken. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Mm. Movie of my life. So they're gonna play me from birth to not birth. It's the the bio uh, movie. (laughs) Probably the dark years when you're eating the soup. uh, I don't know why Ben Stiller comes to mind. (laughs) Okay, I don't know why. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Who's the nicest guy in show business? Hmm. Another old reference, but Ernest Borgnine and Walter Cronkite, they stick out in my head because uh, 
Ernest Borgnine for being here because I went to the green room and he's like, where are you going? Don't run off. Have a seat. Let's, he was like a grandfather. Yeah. He was so oh. kind. And then Walter yeah. Cronkite is when I worked for Brandmeier. And we were instructed never get into discussions with guests. Just get them to the green room. Right. See if there's anything they need. And then don't talk to them. Well, I couldn't leave the green room. He was like, so where are you from? Tell me about yourself. <laughs> and he just, and I was like, oh, my God, if Brandmeier comes out of the studio and sees us, I'm right. in trouble. Yeah. So um, that was a good memory. Great. That concludes our lightning round. Before we- lightning. I tell you, there's a lot of lightning. Oh, boy. Before we wrap things up, is there anything we should have asked that we didn't ask? Uh, the lotto numbers. Oh. Winning lotto numbers. You okay. know them. Three, mm. seven, yeah. 12, okay. 24, We're recording. You don't 36. Yep. 36. Uh, Do you have anything you want to promote? 36s. What? Do you have anything you want to promote? We usually don't let people What's promote things. But um, here's I'm new to the Instagram. Mm. So I'm Jeff Hoover. 59. Mm, is that the year you were born? I don't know. They oh. just gave me 59. Interesting. <laughs> you got to just think of something better. It's not don't. Jeff Hoover 69. Are there just 58 <laughs> other Jeff Hoovers? Probably. Yeah. 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 Easy. That Ross. was Ross. <laughs> that was Ross I, this time. It was in my head. Yeah. yeah. I did not let it out. Hoover's. Yeah. I kept. I actually sat on that one like a good, good boy with my. Final question. Do you have any questions for us? Uh, Who has been your favorite? Podcast guest. No. Oh, like definitely Paul Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. Well, Jeff, thank you for doing this. We love you. We love, love you. Jeff. Thank you Thanks for so much. Man. Thanks for listening, everybody. He winked. So we'll put a wink. He's winking. Sound in there. That camera's done. <laughs> look at this one. Right. There we go. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Abort! Are you still listening to this podcast? I was voted most likely to succeed and most dramatic. Well, pray tell, do you think they got that? You'll be swell. You'll be great. Got the whole wide world on a plate. This is here. This is now. Everything's coming up. If I were the king of the forest... Chewbacca could be in the next Wizard of Oz. Okay, let's make it. All right, let's get on it. Oh, look out. Here comes the Wicked Witch. R2, hurry along. A flying monkey's got R2-D2. Horn solo. Never mind how to handle a woman. There's a way, said a wise old man. A way known by every woman since the whole rigmarole began. Brother Robot, QRT 3000, what is Mary short for? She has little legs. LOL, LOL, AOL, LL Bean, Ron L. Hubbard, or L. Ron Hubbard, L. DeBarge, LL Cool J, L. Kabong. <laughs>